Works of horror have myriad implications when considered from psychological, sociological, and philosophical standpoints and perform numerous functions in regard to both personal and collective experience. Allowing for the simultaneous gratification and abreaction of tabooed desire, the simultaneous fracture and reinforcement of social, sexual, and moral codes, such fiction has persisted in cultures the world over as a stabilizing force, a means of fostering both individual and collective growth, while also acting to maintain the status quo. The benefits of horror are undoubtedly subtle and largely overlooked, yet their value cannot be overstated. Before we delve into the means by which horror fiction affects us, let us first develop a clearer conception of its ends. As a state of intense physical and cognitive agitation, horror is capable of temporarily inducing what is known as regression, in which one reverts to an earlier, more primitive stage of psychological development as a means of coping with overwhelming fear-slash-anxiety. Horror fiction provides a kind of psychic relief in this manner in that it allows for the experience of fear without presenting any actual physical or psychological threat. Valding Clemens notes that such fiction provides an antidote for the excessively cerebral consciousness, the devitalized state that Thomas Hardy called the ache of modernism, and to which D.H. Lawrence referred, anticipating modern media jargon, with the term talking heads. As an atavistic experience, horror serves to reconnect us with our primal selves, provides temporary respite from the droning conditions of modern life, and facilitates a process of self-reevaluation in regard to the conditions of our existence. The initial shock is merely the tip of the iceberg. Images of horror fascinate due to their effect as representations of what psychoanalysts term the uncanny, repressed desires of the personal and collective unconscious. As Noel Carroll asserts, the horrific images of this genre represent compromised formations, the repulsive aspects mask and make possible various sorts of wish fulfillment, notably those of a sexual sort. Shock and repulsion are simply the price we must pay in order to play out these repressed desires, and thus horror fiction generates a kind of cognitive dissonance in which we find images slash situations to be foreign yet familiar, repulsive yet attractive, disturbing yet somehow intriguing. The paradox is essential to understanding the various benefits of the genre's effect, as it explains why we would subject ourselves to such material in the first place. Unhealthy impulses slash desires are effectively discharged in a controlled manner through vicarious stimulation. But horror fiction acts not only as a release valve for underlying psychical pressure, such works also address everyday fears common to the human condition. Areas of unease, such as mortality, Apollonian-slash-Dionysian conflict, social strife, anxieties concerning sexuality and reproduction, etc. By affording us the opportunity to confront these subjects in a controlled manner, horror fiction acts as a counterphobia, focusing fear as a means of overcoming it. This is akin to the process of habituation, in which a person comes to respond less intensely to a stimulus in the wake of repeated exposure to it. Many variables come into play, and there is no guarantee that such exposure won't result in further sensitization. Therefore, some people find nothing beneficial in the effect of horror fiction. But assuming we do respond in a positive manner, it is within the power of such works to help us become better adjusted, happier individuals. Aside from its cathartic aspects and ability to renew personal and collective perception, horror fiction also works on a more obvious, unsettling level, at the forefront of consciousness, even though we aren't likely to admit it, 
We know we like to participate in the weirdness, even if only in a passive sense. Stephen King acknowledges that horror offers us a chance to indulge in deviant antisocial behavior by proxy, to commit gratuitous acts of violence, indulge our puerile dreams of power, to give in to our most craven fears. On a base level, the attraction of horror is not unlike that of a sexual fetish, deviously intriguing. Therefore, it seems no coincidence that such fiction frequently expresses themes of sadism, masochism, unnatural and seemingly insatiable lust, physical and emotional degradation, and so on. In fact, our most firmly established horror figures and conventions are absolutely loaded with sexual energy, a topic we will expand on in Chapter 3. Ever found yourself rooting for a monster-slash-violator? Sure you have. Now ask yourself why that is.